sure good to see all y'all and uh, all my life I, I tell you I've been I've been surrounded by great mamas and great mothers I, I don't can't ever not remember not being surrounded by uh, ladies that that love their children and served them well not saying that I've always been around those that that did it in a godly manner but I, I can honestly say that that's all I, I've ever known and I'm grateful to be able to come into the kingdom of God watch even my mother come into the kingdom of God Stephanie uh, coming to know the Lord and learning God's ways how to invest in uh, children and, and grandchildren. And, and I, I could only testify uh, from a, a good perspective. That's all I've ever known. And, I, and I, I'm thankful for that. I know that's not the case with everyone, but I, I do pray that, that each and all of us can be good examples to everybody that God puts in our path. Amen. Look, take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We are in the front part of the Gospel of Matthew, and it's been so rich already. There's so much there. There's more lessons that can be taught and learned than we have time to, uh, to, to, to learn them and, and teach them. That's why we want to glean as we go through. That's one of the advantages of reading through the Scriptures the way we, we do it, by chapter by chapter, book by book, you know, we, we, we find ourselves in Matthew and Mark and Luke and all these books from time to time, especially the Newer Testament books, we'll be in more regular than we will the Older Testament. And, and it's neat how God will show us things as we're going through it at different times, at different things. What we need is to ask Him to reveal Himself to us, to teach us, Give us what we need right now so that we can walk and bring Him glory and be a testament to Him. And then each time we go through it, He begins to continue to build layer upon layer of grace, of learning from Him. And we get to see things that we may have not picked up on the last time we read through it. Or we learn a lesson that is uh, a little bit different than what we got six months ago or last year when we was in this same book. And what we find in Matthew chapter 8, in verse number 18 through 22, it's also found over in the Gospel of Luke. Now Luke takes it a little bit further. So won't you hold your spot there in Matthew 8 and go to Luke 9 and uh, hold your spot there. We'll read both accounts, Luke 9, beginning about verse number 57, I think it is. We'll read both of these and see how the Lord may have uh, a word for us today. Same time, same situation, just Luke's gospel expands on it a little bit deeper than Matthew's gospel. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Not every lesson taught or principle taught is referred to in all the gospels. Sometimes it's just in one book, but then sometimes it's in Mark, Luke, and Matthew. And sometimes it may be highlighted in John. And it's always good. Most of our Bible. How many of y'all's Bibles have a little header on the top that gives you, uh, like above that, it says, like mine says, the cost of discipleship, Luke 9, 57 through 62, that gives you a reference to it. Anybody have that? Uh, take advantage of that. Use it and go look it up when you're reading in it. And it'll give you a different angle. Because God used each one of these men 
and their own personalities. Though he penned this, meaning it came from him, he just used men to write it, but he used their own personalities to express his ways and what he did in that day. And it helps us realize that he's going to use us, and he's going to use us and our personalities to, to, to express and witness and do things that'll be a little bit different. He'll use you a little bit different than he will use me because we're different. But we have the, we, we're serving the same one by the same spirit, by the same truth. But I'm thankful that he'll use personalities such as ours. How he uses different mothers uh, in different families that fit for that family. And not everybody mothers the exact same way. But, and I'm thankful that we can all glean and learn from one another. Amen. He says in Matthew chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now go over to Luke chapter number 9. We'll pick up in verse number 61. And another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Father, we ask you today for your help. We pray that you would um, speak to us. We know that you are more than able to do that. You can do exceedingly abundantly and immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. But I believe today, right where we are, that you want to help us. I think you have something for us. So I pray that not only will you encourage and strengthen each of these moms and these ladies and uh, men and children in here today, but that you'll speak in and through me, that you'll help me. I need your help. We need your help. We need a supernatural touch to hear from you. So God, we come and present ourselves to you in the sweet name of Jesus and by his grace, we're asking for your help today in Jesus' name. Amen. What we find in these passages here is just a couple couple things. Uh, number one, something that we want to recognize, and this, this would apply to, to all of us, but I, I just want to... Uh, serving and leading and loving people in this old world we live in as a disciple of Jesus, as a mother, as, as a teacher, whatever it may be, we have to come to the grips, we have to face reality that we don't fit in this world. We're not of this world. Then that presents a challenge to us. We've got to recognize that. that. That the challenge that it presents to us is that we're raising children. Mama's got a nest and they got their little chicks in it. They, they got arrows in the quiver that they shape in the fly and... The challenge that, that we face is that we are to help serve, teach, lead, love children 
that we're going to have to teach them that they don't that we don't fit in this world that we live in and that, that presents a challenge that's hard to do in a world that you're dealing with kids who at the time can't fathom some of these things that you're trying to instill in them that this world is not our home we don't belong here and what Jesus is teaching them when the disciple says Lord I'll follow you wherever you go he throws it back in his lap we said well let me let me share this with you Foxes and, and birds have their homes. They fit into this world, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. He's, he's just teaching a principle that he doesn't belong here. But the fact that he doesn't belong here means that he came here for a purpose. But he doesn't fit in this world. He has another kingdom that he's operating by. Aren't you glad he didn't operate by the, king, by the principles of this world? If he had, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a redemption. Amen. But he had heavenly kingdom principles that he was operating by. And it's not that Jesus didn't have a place to sleep. Because he did. Obviously they slept. It's not that he didn't have a mother in this world. He did. We know his father was God. And he had a, a, an, an earthly father that took him in under his wing. He wasn't his biological father. But he had a place. What was he teaching then? He was teaching a simple principle. Mom, Rob, we don't fit in this world. That which is of this world, of nature, natural like foxes and birds, they have a home. They fit in. But we do not fit in to this world. And he uses, and this is what I want to encourage you today, is that notice how he used just practical, and we need to be practical. Mamas, this is what I, what I want to encourage you with, is that Jesus used three practical things to help teach these principles. What was he using? He used what was right before him. This natural world that we live in. As we teach our, our little ones. And our grandchildren. And those around us. Uh, how to look to and lean on the Lord. We, we have to teach them. Number one. That though we live in this world. We don't belong in this world. Now we use the things of this world. We be practical. To teach the principles of heaven. And that's all he did. He took, he was just being practical. The next thing we see in that is that one of the other fellows sees it and says, Hey, I, I want to I follow you too, but let me first go back and bury my father. Now, he, used, he was just being practical. What did he tell him? He didn't tell him, no, don't go back. Matter of fact, he sent him. He sent him and he said, I want you to go back. Now, the thing is, remember, you don't fit in this world. Those that are back at your home, they fit in. So let them be focused on what they are focused on. And what are they focused on? They focused on burying the dead. But you're no longer dead. You have life. You go back with a message that is from another world. A message that doesn't fit in this world. A message that is able to change people that are in this world. And you go back and preach the kingdom of God to them. He didn't tell them not to go back or to abandon them. He simply said, was being practical. You go back, but when you go back, don't get caught up in what they're doing. You go back with a message and with a mission from me. Go preach the kingdom to them. And, and, and that's, that, these are tools for us to help us as, as fathers, as mothers, as disciple makers, is that we want to be practical. 
Just use what God gives us. It, it, isn't it neat when you see things in this old world we live in, creation that, a, that are able to be used to teach a heavenly principle? It blesses you. I, I, I love being able to, especially in these modern times, is that years ago we wasn't able to walk around with a camera, some people did, that made a living at doing that. Now, uh, means that we communicate with has cameras on them, and, they, and some of them even have some pretty good cameras on them. This is, my phone's still one of them older ones, but it still takes decent pictures. But I can carry it with me everywhere I go, and I mean, y'all know this, is that I see things, and when I see it, Brother Shannon, I can take a picture of it, of this world that I don't fit in, and then try to share a principle about a world that I do fit in and how it applies in a world that I don't fit in. That makes sense to you? Well, you see, to parent, to mother, uh, and nurture the generations that are coming, we've got to recognize that, hey, we don't fit into this world we live in. That presents challenges for us. Why? Because these little girls and boys are going to go to school and be around people that their parents fit in this world. And we as parents don't fit in this world. And there's going to be some things that we're going to teach them and be practical with and share that's going to be in contrast to what the people of the world teach. Are you with me? That means we're going to be, have to be counter-cultural. Jesus was counter-cultural. Why? He didn't fit in. And you and I won't fit in. So I want to tell you, y'all know, y'all been there before. Many of you done raised your children. You, got, you have grandchildren, but some of you just going to be starting out before long. Some are just going to be having like, like uh, Brittany, for an example. The scriptures teach us that Brittany's about to be delivered. And notice how I said that. Brittany's about to be delivered. Not that she's going to deliver. Scripture teaches us she is about to be delivered. Why? Let's go back to the, to the fall. What happened when Adam and Eve fell in the garden and sinned against God? What happened there? Well, the Bible teaches us when they took of that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the scripture says that they, the day they did that, they died. They had sinned and missed the mark against God. But God was merciful to them. He provided a sacrifice, didn't he? Amen. A foretelling of the sacrifice of Jesus. And what happened in that garden, God came to, to Adam and he said, Adam, what, what have y'all done? And Adam said, I, I, I was naked and I, I hid from you. I was afraid. Well, God said, who told you you were naked? And then he goes to telling them, well, because of what you've done, he said, the ground is cursed now. And out of the ground, thorns and thistles and Brambles and those types of things are gonna that are gonna come out of the ground for your sake. Remember, key word for your sake. They're gonna be reminders for you that you're fallen. You need mercy. You need my help. You need my sacrifice. And he said, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread. So every time you're out there and you're sweating and you're working and you're dealing with thorns and thistles reminders of the curse it also reminds us we need mercy amen? amen but what did he tell eve he told eve that she was gonna she was gonna uh, have some problems with something what was gonna be some of the problems eve was gonna have childbirth was gonna be what it was gonna be miserable you see so when the scriptures tell us that a woman is to be delivered 
It's, it's, it's the idea she's being delivered from the misery and the pain and the suffering that comes along with childbearing as a result of what? The curse, the fall, which is another reminder. Kate, was it tough? Was it misery the last few weeks and days? All the fluid that comes on? Guys, aren't you glad you ain't never had a child? And man, we can do a happy dance, amen? There's other things that, that we have problems with, but that's one thing a man ain't never got to worry about. So when, when the scripture says that Mary is going to be delivered, or Elizabeth's going to be delivered, not that they will deliver, but they're going to be delivered, they're being delivered from the misery and the pain and the suffering that comes in childbearing as a direct result of the fall of humanity. Well, in that, we also teach, because we're fallen, we have a need of a Savior. And our Savior didn't ask us to do something for Him. He came and done something for us. Amen. And when he came and done something for us, he took ownership of our life. And when he takes ownership of our life, when he paid for our ransom with his blood, our lives are not our own anymore. We don't, we don't look and, and live for ourselves, even though at times we do, we, we die to who we are so that we can follow after him. Now, we're going to have to raise kids teaching them this in a culture and a world that has no clue of those things and think we're crazy for thinking that. Are you with me? We're religious fanatics. We're Jesus freaks. You ever been told you're a Jesus freak? Just thank them, amen. amen. That's a compliment. Amen. Just thank them. I mean, don't do silly things in your own strength. Just love on them in the name of Jesus and people think you're a Jesus freak. You understand? We see we, we want to be practical and take practical things like Jesus did, nature, and use it to teach heavenly principles. Practical things about a world that is fallen, dead, and, and because, of, because of the fall, all men are going to die. Remember what we said, if you don't die before you die, you'll never live when you die. Men are going to die. And he said, but you have a message now. You go back and help them that are dying. Don't get caught up in what their aim is. Don't get so caught up in this earth in death. You have an answer for death. Go give them the answer. Go give them me. Amen? Amen. And then the other man said, well, look, let me go bid my family farewell. Because family is important. Are you with me? It is. But Jesus said, look, he uses another practical illustration, Mr. Bud. He said, if a, if a man's out plowing a field and he keeps looking backward." There's no way he's going to plow a straight row. He, he, he's not fit. He's not suitable. He's not in a good place to serve the kingdom if he's looking behind him. So he's being practical, teaching us that we have a purpose. Not only are we to be practical, but we're to be principled type people. And we're to have a purpose in everything we do. That when we take the hand to the plow, we are plowing with purpose. When we're teaching those kids, mamas and grandbabies, you have a purpose in it. To teach them heavenly kingdom-minded principles. And we know the reason why we don't do what we do is because we, we're in love with somebody else and he's got something better for us. Amen. 
And we understand why people don't do what we do, but we're going to keep doing what we do, and we're going to love them in spite of the fact that they're not doing what we do. Amen? But we don't have to do what they do because we don't belong or fit in this world anymore. And then, being principled people, we've got to make that a priority in our life. That's what happens when them two other fellows come up and says, I'm going to fire you, Jesus, but let me first, as a priority, go back and bury the dead. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, but let me first go tell my family farewell. They were saying, let me put this first. Let me get this first. Let this be a priority for me first. Jesus was just teaching. That's not the priority. What the priority is, is for you to recognize you don't fit in. For you to recognize you have a message and a mission. And the fact that if you don't stay focused on that priority, you're not going to sit well before the king serving his kingdom. We've got to keep that in the forefront. That's what he's teaching us. So, mamas, I encourage you, be practical as you are. Use everyday life, everyday situations, whatever God brings to the forefront. Take it. You want to know heavenly principles, heavenly truths, so you can take natural, earthly things, take God's Word and pull it to it so that you can understand what is natural and then help them see what is supernatural. you got to know the Word to do that. Jesus knew the Word. Amen. He was the Word. So he was able to do that. I, I, I'm, I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. But I want to tell you, Jesus lives in me. And I have his Word. Amen. And his Word can be hidden in me. So everything I see, Brandon, can be interpreted by his Word. I can take that captive. I can look at it and filter it through his Word. So all that I teach, everything that I see, I can tie it back and be practical in my application with these with Dalton. Whoever. I can be principled that, hey, what is a priority for me is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's that's priority. That's the principle of priority. Amen. Isn't that what he said, Matthew 6? 633 said, don't worry, don't be anxious about things. Don't tear yourself apart. How many of you ever get anxious? Keith, you ever worry about something? They get busy in the logging business? Brandy, you ever worried about things? Mr. Bud? Everybody has a tendency to worry about something, to get caught. What is worrying? What is to be anxious? It means to be, it means to be not single. And the idea of not single means to be pulled apart. It means to be tortured. When you worry, when I worry, when we worry, you know what we're doing? We're torturing ourselves. Double-minded. You pulled. One minute, I know God's going to work it out. The next minute, this ain't going to be good. Are you with me? One minute, man, I got an answer from the Lord. The next minute, this, this, this has gone south right here. And you just work and you tore apart. It's like being tortured. It's like Mr. Buzz got me by this hand and Stephanie's got me over there and you're pulling me apart. You, 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 you're double-minded. You're going back and forth on both ways. He says that's what anxiety and worry is. You're torturing yourself. He says don't do that. Seek first the kingdom of God as a priority and then everything else will just fall right in its place. He was teaching them to be principled people. 
not that you don't go back and tell your family. It's not that you go back to where they do it. It's just that when you go back to them, you go back to them with this priority. You don't belong here anymore. You headed to another place. And you got, a, you got his message that you're bringing. And you're on his mission. Amen. You have a field to plow. There's no sweeter or better place to plow in the kingdom of God than a mama has with her children. What are grandchildren? That's a beautiful field to work, amen? And if you want to plow it straight, you want to be fit, you've got to realize, hey, we don't fit into this old world we live in. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. So we want to be practical. We want to be principled people, making it a priority. And we always want to live with a purpose. Always purposeful. We're on mission. Never not on mission, Amen? Either we are missionaries or we need one. Always on mission. Plowing the fields that he's given us. To him be the glory and the praise. What a blessing. Father, we thank you. We love you and praise you. We ask that you will continue to help us with these things. That we will look to you. We realize that we don't fit into this old world. Help us recognize that. Help us teach our children, our grandchildren... We know it's a struggle. We know it's a real struggle. We know it's tough. But you teach us this is, this is principled and purposeful living. And this is what you called us to do. May we not neglect it. May we not forfeit it. But may we always be looking for ways that we can illustrate and teach that which is natural with a supernatural understanding. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.